This is FemPower Health. Each week, top women's health experts dispel fact from fiction. The most important pelvic floor exercise is not the Kegel. Challenge the status quo. It's never easy to challenge the accepted leaders, and especially if you're a woman. Provide perspective on why your healthcare journey may be so tough. All of that fear and worry, it all upregulates our nervous system, puts us into fight or flight mode, and increases our pain sensitivity. And what you can do about it. The number one thing is you have to advocate for yourself, and you have to be prepared. Your journey to get empowered starts now. In today's episode, I interview Chloe Weber, who is the founder of Radical Roots Herbs, and we are here to talk about CBD. Whenever I hear a topic that everyone is talking about, I always want to find that expert who knows all the nitty gritty about it so that we can talk about what's fact and what's fiction. And Chloe definitely covers that today. And if you do like the podcast, please do rate it and write a review. And check out the show notes where I provide lots of helpful information we don't get to cover on the episode. So without further ado, let's talk to Chloe. So I'm an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist. I actually just finished my doctorate, but I've been practicing for about eight years now. And my focus has always been on Chinese herbs. While I absolutely love acupuncture, I still have that Western mind that really appreciates that with the Chinese herbs, you can look up all the pharmacological actions of them. So that's something that really called to me. To me, it's really customizable pharmaceuticals for my patients, for myself, and now also for my son who is almost seven now, which I absolutely cannot believe. And Remy was diagnosed at two and a half with a super rare genetic disorder called STXBP1. So it's one of these disorders, there's about three or 400 kids in the world with it. So it's super duper rare. It's impressively challenging. It includes epilepsy, he's nonverbal, non-ambulatory, Parkinsonian like Trevor's, cognitive disabilities, the whole nine. And Before anybody feels bad for Remy, let me tell you, he is the happiest human being I've ever met. He is 1000% living his best life and he is the greatest teacher and blessing that I will ever have the honor of knowing. With a child with such a rare disorder, obviously Western medicine has very, very little to offer us. So basically they were like, you know, you can put him on meds for anxiety. If he has anxiety, you can put him on seizure meds, which when I looked at all the other kids with his disorder, were all in a Facebook group and whatnot. What I was seeing was that most of the kids had very poor seizure control, even when they were on cocktails of seizure meds. So that's sort of how I got sucked into the CBD world, because as an herbalist, I started looking at the options of different things that I could do as opposed to doing the pharmaceuticals for REM. And what I was finding was obviously that CBD was super safe and effective, but there weren't any products out there that were fitting my psycho mom herbalist standards and started a line for him. So why don't we start with the basics of the difference between CBD and cannabis? And if we even need to step back further on like, just what is CBD? If it starts with CBD versus cannabis, just how do we get that just foundational on like what it truly is? Cannabis is sort of the family of the plant. And then CBD and THC are both cannabinoids within the plant. So there are over a hundred different cannabinoids in the plant. So those are different phytochemicals. So those are the ones that are most well-researched in cannabis. So THC obviously 
is a cannabinoid known for the psychotropic effects that are classic when you're smoking marijuana. So if you have hemp, then you have less than 0.3% THC in the product. So then it's classified as a hemp oil or CBD oil. So basically CBD is this other cannabinoid, cannabidiol, which we've grown and potentiated so that some of the hemp is grown so it has really high amounts of CBD and very low amounts of THC. So then when it's extracted, you're getting the pharmacological, you know, like the, the positive benefits of the CBD without the psychotropic effects of the THC. Though the THC does have important actions within the body. And I do often recommend that sometimes you're gonna want slightly higher amounts of THC depending on what you're working with. But it is really important to have that 0.3% THC in a product because it makes it safer and it makes it more effective. And there's a lot of research that indicates that. So you do need the THC in the product. Okay, so this is how it works. So we have this endocannabinoid within our system, within our bodies, right? And this was discovered in the 90s, but we've had it since way back when. So the endocannabinoid system is sort of the master regulatory system of the body. It sort of keeps everything in the Goldilocks zone. You don't want to get too stressed. You don't want to get too tired. It helps sort of regulate so many things, the immune system, your stress levels, hormone levels, gut function. So it's really, really cool. It's really very essential. And so the endocannabinoid system has two main receptors. So it's the CB1 receptors, which are found primarily in the brain and throughout the nervous systems. And so THC works directly on the CB1 receptors. So that's why I often recommend that you just want a little bit of THC in there because it's gonna act directly upon those receptors. Whereas the CB2 receptors are found more throughout the immune system and the rest of the body. So CBD, what it does is it actually acts somewhat as an SSRI. So it sort of blocks um, the receptors so that there's more anandamide which available within the body. So anandamide, we actually make our own endogenous cannabinoids. So we make cannabinoids within our body. So those are called anandamide and 2-AG. So we make our own cannabinoids in order to activate and regulate the endocannabinoid system. But when you're under a lot of stress, then you burn through these endogenous cannabinoids that we're already making. And then instead of being reused, our endogenous cannabinoids are broken down by these enzymes. So that's different than how we use hormones and different neurotransmitters and stuff like that. Normally we'll refold things and reuse them a lot of the time, but with our endogenous cannabinoids, we don't do that. So that's something that's really interesting because it sort of indicates that that's something that's going on in our society. Since we're under these increased amounts of stress, we're sort of burning through our, our stores of anandamide and, our, and these endogenous cannabinoids so a lot of people are sort of at a deficiency state in their endocannabinoid system, which is why I think that so many people have had such dramatic and miraculous results with high quality CBD products. Since you started with the SSRI, um, and so we're gonna talk about quality and the SSRI. So SSRIs are also a type of pharmaceutical product that are an antidepressant. And since you mentioned this, I was wondering about drug-drug interactions. Uh, so I did want to at least just dive right into that because you had brought it up is because it does have this calming effect. And there are a lot of people in this country who are on these antidepressant, anti-anxiety drugs. Just right away, I just wanted to cover that of, of how people should consider the usage of CBD when 
you're on those types of medications, especially since you have the herbalist background. I don't know if there's data around the drug-drug interaction potential and just how one should look at that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's really important that you talk to your doctor about what you're getting on, um, even if it's herbs and especially CBD. Now there is good research on it. So CBD travels through the cytochrome P450 enzyme in the liver. So typically if you have, if you're on a pharmaceutical that has a grapefruit warning, those pharmaceuticals normally go through that same pathway in the liver also. But so it's about a quarter of the pharmaceuticals that are out there on the market, including SSRIs, many of them go through this pathway. So CBD will often increase the serum levels of those pharmaceuticals. So that actually is a really, really helpful thing if you're trying to wean off of some of the SSRIs. Obviously, I would recommend that everybody do this with the guidance of your prescribing practitioner um, or, and or an herbalist um, if possible but it increases the amount and the efficacy of the SSRIs so that you're able to start reducing it while you're increasing the CBD. So CBD also not only does it increase the serum levels of many SSRIs and some other medications, which can be dangerous in cer certain circumstances, so you do really wanna talk to your doctors, but CBD also acts on the 5-HC1A pathway in the brain, which is one of the ways in which SSRIs work. And it also increases neurogenesis in the hippocampus, another way that SSRIs work. So it, they have a lot of synergy in how they're working in the brain. And CBD does tend to be better tolerated in many ways than many of the SSRIs, uh, which are often also not recommended for long-term use. <laughs> so I'm curious, are you seeing data and researching CBD versus some of these pharmaceutical products or even if there isn't the, the data quite yet, if there's even a trend in less of the pharmaceuticals and more of the CBD? Well, this year is a very interesting year overall. <laughs> so I think everybody's under such an increased amount of stress. It's hard to know really where everybody's going. I haven't seen much of the research. There was a, uh, a study recently that showed that about, I think it was about 60% of people who started CBD were able to get off of their pharmaceuticals and it was a wide variety of different pharmaceuticals that they were talking about. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the research currently going on on CBD is more focused on the CBD isolates that have been made into pharmaceuticals. So GW Pharma, which I believe was just bought, created a seizure medication called Epilotex, which is a CBD isolate. So what I was getting at before is that the whole is really better than the parts. So in Chinese medicine and Chinese herbology, and then also in cannabis research, we're seeing that there's something called an entourage effect. So it's basically, you know, mother nature, the environment has this innate intelligence and it brings all of these different parts of a plant together to support our bodies in a way that's much better than, than pulling out the pharmaceutical, you know, pulling out this one chemical <laughs> and, and using that. So there's, uh, there's a meta-analysis that I saw recently that showed that Epilotex, the CBD derivative, in order to get the same amount of seizure control as a complete spectrum hemp extract, Epilotex needed to be six times the amount of the full spectrum e hemp extract and had about five or six times the amount of severe side effects. 
So really, if you're if you're getting a whole plant extract, you're getting the terpenes, which are these beautiful volatile oils that have all these medicinal effects. That's what you smell. You know, terpenes are found in a lot of essential oils and a lot of different plants. If you smell marijuana, obviously, or hemp or cannabis, you know that very distinct smell. That's really, those are terpenes and they're very important to get in the product. And in isolate, you're not gonna get that. Same with having the small amounts of THC that really potentiates the action of the CBD makes it more effective so you don't have to take as much as you would if you were taking an isolate. So that's something that I see commonly is that there are all these isolate products out there. Most of the drinks are all isolates. Or if you find a bottle where it's like 2000 milligrams of CBD, that's normally, you know, even if they put a little bit of complete spectrum hemp in there, normally they're dumping a bunch of isolate in there. So it's not really full spectrum. It's kind of a, a cheap and cheater way. <laughs> I do want to talk more about what else it can be used for, and then we mm -hmm. can, you know, get into like how to find it and, and things like that. So do you have anything else that people should know for that condition? And then I want to dive into some of the others where I've seen trends for CBD. And one of the other things that I just find really beautiful about it is that there are receptors for CBD along the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve connects the gut and the brain. And it's one of the ways that we're able to really get into fight or flight. So strengthening the the vagus nerve is really really important and it's one of the ways that i think that is underestimated in terms of how important that is for the anxiety and uh, anxiolytic properties the next two things i wanted to cover are with pain and also i'm seeing it in makeup and I, I have to tell you like i do love to be ahead of trends but there are certain times where i'm like do I need to be rolling my eyes now or is this really, really cool? So I definitely wanted to talk to you about, you know, pain is different, but the makeup part, I'm like, I'm not so sure about this one. So let's talk about pain and then let's dive into the makeup and any other trends you're seeing that we should be either excited about or wary of. So with pain, what's fun with CBD and interesting about it is that it acts locally. So you can use it topically for pain and it, it actually gets into the skin really well and which is also indicates that it actually would be good for skin. I've been playing with starting a CBD line mainly because I just like facial oils. I'm in Colorado and it just sucks all the moisture out of your skin out here. Um, so I haven't dove very deep into the research in terms of it on the skin, but there is some really promising research in terms of it really being helpful. Um, I do know topically it's fantastic for pain. And again, internally, it's regulating the neurochemicals and helping stop that pain pathway. So a lot of times with pain, part of the problem is that your brain sort of gets stuck in this pain loop. So you're getting this negative feedback loop and it just keeps perpetuating. So what CBD seems to be able to do is not only activate receptors that are gonna slow the pain, like the physiological pain, but it's also going to calm down the neurological pain and stop that pain pathway from just looping endlessly. So it's been really remarkable for pain. It, there was some research that I saw showing that it also potentiated the actions of opioids. So that's really, really interesting and promising to me because clearly we have such an epidemic of opioid abuse in our country. And that's you know, anything that we can do that's safe and effective, that's going to help reduce the need for opioids or reduce the amount of opioids that people are taking is super duper important. 
Um, but again, I really do think that THC is important for some of those pain conditions, even at least the small amount, but in more severe pain situations, sometimes you want to have an increased amount of THC. So what I'll recommend for some patients is if you're in a state in which you can get medical marijuana, what you might want to look for is a two to one CBD to THC ratio. So that's going to increase the amount of THC that's in there. So it's going to potentiate the actions and sort of calming those neuropathways in the brain. It actually does also seem to activate some of the opioid receptors in the brain and have similar downstream effects to opioids. But so the two to one ratio is going to increase the THC, but you're still not going to get a very powerful psychotropic effect. So you're not going to get super stoned, but it's going to still help potentiate those actions and make it stronger if you have a very severe pain situation. A question here around that, because one of the reasons why I started this podcast is I feel like we're in this quick fix society and we don't always look at root cause. And so I've really been working with specialists and subspecialists in when patients eventually get to them because they're unable to find solutions and just hoping to educate people so they can be more proactive and not have to wait for that 10th doctor. So when it comes to pain, how should one look at CBD? Because I can only imagine being in pain and not being able to find a solution, but then there's that fine line between helping with the pain and hiding the problem. So like, for example, I have a, a friend and she has been in, she's, pretty much debilitated and she's been going to doctors and they can't find any solutions. It has to do with her back. And by the way, as the side story, I've been hearing a lot about the tailbone and how it can have a lot of impact. Cause I know I just had an aha moment about all this stuff that's been going on with my hips. And I realized it's been my tailbone and I've actually been starting to hear about it. And some of the experts are saying on their surveys, when patients come in, they actually ask about the tailbone or spine injuries and whatnot. And so I asked her, have you fallen on your tailbone? And have they looked at it? And she said, she's fallen three times. And I said, you need to go to a pelvic floor physical therapist. And so, um, which no one had ever recommended to her. And so I'm actually gonna call mine to verify that this is a step given that nothing else has worked. But then my question is, okay, and after this interview, I was going to tell her what we learned to see what help I can give her. Uh, obviously, with all of the stuff I share with my friends, it's always go to your doctor. But I just love to share the tips because I'm very passionate about helping people with um, what you all teach me. What do you tell people that you're working with, you know, when they do have this pain and how would one look at, okay, this is what I do? Because I mean, again, when you're desperate, you'll do anything. What I love about CBD is that it gives people a little bit of space so that they can explore these other options and get to the root cause of what's going on. So it's gonna help with the pain, it's gonna help with the anxiety, but it's still so, so essential that whoever's taking any products, whether they're herbs or, or pharmaceuticals, that you're working with practitioners that are gonna be looking for those root causes, whether it's a gut issue, whether it's you know, a vertebrae issue and you need to go to PT or to an osteopath, um, you know, you want to work on those root issues as you're taking it. CBD seems to be very well tolerated long term, and I'm not personally concerned about that from the research that I've seen. But to me, you don't want to be on anything forever, you know, and CBD is a strong 
product. I think it's a supplement that there's an argument that taking some of it regularly, like almost like an omega supplement is a good thing because it's going to keep your endocannabinoid tone, your endocannabinoid system functioning optimally. I don't see any negative impacts to that. But I think if you're leaning on it hardcore for pain management, you still have to look at what's going on underneath because there's still going to be so many other things. And there's so many great practitioners out there who can help with pain management and make sure that you're going to get the best support that you can. There's so many different ways to, to work with it. And it works really synergistically with so many different things. And so since you're saying it works um, synergistically, another thought that came to my mind is around just generally when it comes to women's health, how can one, like what other benefits that someone may not even think of, um, can they use CBD for? So I'm thinking, you know, like some of the pelvic pain stuff I talked to you about, like folks with endometriosis, dealing with perimenopause symptoms, um, postpartum depression, um, and I'm also hearing about postpartum anxiety. So would it be, are you nodding because it's yes to all of them? Like how, like, what are some of the things again, that someone may be like really struggling and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think this could help. Like what might those be? There's little to no research on using CBD or THC during pregnancy or while nursing. So obviously you have to work with your practitioner for that. For me, I often will talk to patients and look at the, the cost risk analysis versus being on an anti-anxiety med or being on CBD and which seems safer in reality and what they feel more comfortable with and talk to their doctors and whatnot. To me, it seems very clear that I would feel much more comfortable with taking Chinese herbs and CBD than I would taking a pharmaceutical postpartum or during pregnancy for anxiety. And clearly that severe anxiety is going to have, or depression is going to have an impact on the baby and the mom. I mean, us moms need, need all the support we can get. Um, but, oh my God, I've used, I have so many patients with endometriosis. CBD is phenomenally internally for all sorts of PID, endo, um, you know, hormonal issues, um, it's fantastic. I mean, I have patients who use, who create suppositories from our products. There's also, I believe Palmetto Harmony is a line that I used to use before I created mine and they have suppositories that you can get online. They're fantastic. Um, I know that their products are really high quality. Um, and those are, those are really fantastic for patients with endo with severe pain. FemPower Health is pleased to partner with the upcoming FemTech and Consumer Innovation Summit. The summit is the latest deep dive event, part of the Women's Health Innovation Series, looking to tackle this growing sector of women's health, having had continental success in driving innovation, investment, research, and partnerships in traditional women's health care by bringing together critical stakeholders. Join us in New York on June 7th and 8th as we channel this success into the consumer sector of women's health. Visit www.femtechconsumerinnovation.com to view the superstar speaker lineup and enter code FEMPOWER15 for 15% off your ticket. Hope to see you there. You know, again, once you calm the mind and sort of help regulate your nervous system, the hormonal fluctuations get under regulation. You know, I'm actually learning how to do neurofeedback right now. Uh, which is really exciting and super nerdy, fun goodness. 
And, you know, the, the guy who's teaching me kept saying, you know, this is going to help regulate your hormones. This is going to regulate all of these other things because it's regulating your brain. So it makes complete sense that it's going to have these downstream effects that are going to be really helpful and beneficial, especially for women who are under such extreme levels of stress. No, but I love the way you're speaking about both the pain question that I asked you and even what you're saying now, where the theme is like, it really just helps regulate what's already there. And with the pain, it gives, I love how you put it, the space. Like I could totally see that because when you're suffering, you can't think straight. Like I made a lot of bad decisions when I was under severe stress. And I think if I had space, the decisions probably would have been very different. And when you're desperate, it's, it's hard to think clearly. So I love the way you put that. So thank you. So then with respect to makeup and you were talking about how you love to put things on your face, like what, what truly is the benefit? You know, we have endocannabinoid receptors in our skin as well. So those are going to be activated by CBD that's put on topically. One of the things that I think is really important for people to know is that hemp is a hyperaccumulator. So hemp is going to leach out toxins from the earth. Um, so anything, so a, it's very important that it's grown organically, but B it's very important that any company that you buy any CBD products from have their certificates of analysis up on their website and available for you to have. I'm a little slow about getting them up on mine, but you can see them on my website and you can see what we're testing for. And you can see that there's absolutely no molds, no heavy metals, no glyphosate, like all of those things are tested for, but you've got to get a company that's going to test for all of that because otherwise that hemp's going to pull up all of those chemicals. And then you're just going to be clogging your face with more of those chemicals or clogging your system. I haven't dove too deep into the research on the skincare, but it is going to activate the endocannabinoid system on the skin. And I would assume that it's going to reduce inflammation because that makes sense. It's reducing inflammation everywhere else. With the certificate of analysis, like how is it? Because I know labeling is really, really important. So is it there's a standard certificate? And if someone puts it on their website, then that means check it's great. The dangerous thing about hemp is that there are so many companies out there trying to take advantage of this trend. And so there's a lot of mass produced hemp. You should be able to go on most websites and see what they do test for. So what you wanna look for is, are they testing for mold? Are they testing for heavy metals? Are they testing for pesticides? And as long as they're doing those three things, those are the main ones you wanna look for. But those again, can be really high in some, some products. And you know there's really no regulation around that. So it's pretty terrifying to me. So how would one know how the techniques are done and where they're actually sourcing the hemp and things like that? Is it commonplace now that people are posting? Is it not always there? And if it's not always there, that could be a signal to be concerned. How should people look at this? You know, I know that for Radical Roots, that those things are things that I'm super proud of. So that's really well highlighted on our page, or I hope it is. And I don't want to make assumptions here, but like, for example, I had tried a gummy form. You know, we've talked about makeup. So to me, that's like a, a different formulation of it. Mm -hmm. Does any of that impact effectiveness at all? And like how you, the way that you're consuming it, or it's, it's more of just the ingredients? So the, the ingestion roots are typically either under the tongue. 
So if you hold it under your tongue for about 30 to 60 seconds, you'll find that with most oils, then it's absorbed directly into the capillaries under the tongue, gets right into the bloodstream there. So you're gonna have a faster acting response to that. Uh, we have capsules and we have uh, the oils that go under your tongue. If you're taking a capsule, that's going more to the gut, which there are a lot of, a lot of research studies showing how effective CBD is at helping potentiate beneficial bacteria in the gut, helping heal leaky gut, helping, you know, regulate peristalsis, like all sorts of amazing things for the gut as well. So I like the capsules a lot because for our capsules, we're actually able to get the water solubles, the hemp solubles and all of the minerals. So they're sort of, they're super strength, but they're gonna take a longer time for you to get the effects of that. And also if people have a difficult time digesting things. So a lot of people have SIBO or, which is small intestine bacterial overgrowth or just digestive inflammation in, in general, then capsules probably aren't the best way to go. And I would go with the under the tongue oil. So then tell us about Radical Roots. You've already indicated like it's a, it's a very well-sourced product, but is there anything else you haven't mentioned today that you wanted to share about Radical Roots specifically? You know, we're really looking for those root causes of these issues. So I use Chinese herbs to potentiate the actions of the CBD. So what I was seeing when I was trying it for me and Remy was that everything was really one size fits all. And while CBD and cannabis really does help regulate the system overall, from Chinese herbal medicine, I know that using whole plants together in conjunction, you're able to create powerful, more dynamic formulas that not only address the symptoms, but really look at the roots that are causing these issues. So when we started Radical Roots, what I did was look at the main things that people were using hemp medicine for. So neurological conditions, you know, that's my Remy's Revenge formula, which, you know, I've used with so many patients with MS and Parkinson's and epilepsy and, uh, you know, then pain management. We've created a formulation for that. One for our rest and relax is by far a bestseller, not surprisingly. That's sort of our anti-anxiety you know, help with sleep formulation. We've got a revive that's really great. So, you know, we just sort of tried to use the Chinese herbs to really potentiate the actions. And, and I, I always think it's funny because I started the company for Remy and I was very reluctant because I've started companies before and I'm a single mom and I had my acupuncture practice and all of these things going on. But I swear, I think our products saved me <laughs> more than they saved him. You know, like, I don't know where I would be without them. They helped me so much in terms of my stress levels and my energy and getting a good quality sleep. I, I really am the worst salesperson in the world, as, but, but they genuinely, like, have saved my life. So, so I'm really, really proud of them. And I'm really, really honored when people choose our products in order to, you know, a lot of acupuncturists use them. So I know that they're trusting me with their patients with me, which means the absolute world to me. And it, it means a whole lot when other people trust me with their herbal products also. So, so then is there anything else about CBD that we didn't discuss, but that you think is important for people to know? Well, one thing that's important for people to know is that more is not always better. You know, I think in our society, we're always like 500 milligrams is better than 200, you know, like it's get the high quality stuff, spend more for it because it's a, it's an expensive supplement, but it's worth it. Um, I've, I would, I would say, I know for, I'm, and I will 
put a little radical roots thing in there. I do give 40% off to anybody who has a disability, anybody who's a caregiver of somebody with a disability, anybody who is a veteran, anybody who really just can't afford our products, send me an email and you get 40% off because I have been a broke, I won't curse mama. And I don't want other people making difficult choices about their health in the ways that many people have to. But you know, get a higher quality product titrate until where you're getting the effects that you're looking for and stay there, you know, like more is not always better. So with CBD, it's normally sort of like a bell shaped curve. So you get better effects, better effects, better effects. And then you hit this sort of apex. And then sometimes you'll take more and the effects will sort of dwindle as opposed to being potentiated. So try and find that sort of middle ground again, which the middle way is a really important concept in Chinese medicine as well. And something that I think that just in general, our society should be working towards a little bit more than we are right now. It's such a valid statement because as you were talking, I'm like, okay, makeup with CBD. I'm going to go out tonight on a date and have my boozy CBD and I'm going to take my supplement CBD and, oh, maybe there's going to be some nail polish CBD, <laughs> like I, I have my hair product CBD. <laughs> totally see that. So, um, no, I, 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 I think that statement is extremely fair. So the last question I like to ask every guest is what is your greatest hope for women's health? I've been focusing a lot on children's health recently. And, um, you know, it's really heartbreaking to me to see how exhausted and overrun women are overall. And particularly moms, you know, I know that we all have this, we've been trained and we have this ingrained innate desire to take care of everybody. But I was listening to Brene Brown and Simon Sinek did a podcast recently, and I love both of them more than anything. Um, probably not more than anything, but I adore them both. And, and Brene was saying that, um, that you can't love your child more than you love yourself. And that, you know, it's so counterintuitive, but, you know, I really want women to, to start loving and honoring themselves and who they are and what they deserve um, and finding more space for themselves, because I know it's been a game changer for me. You know, those first three, four years with Remy, I did everything, you know, I didn't sleep. I studied all day, all night, everything. I just want women to, to love themselves a little bit more and be, be easier on themselves. Thank you for tuning in to this discussion on the FemPower Health podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to information that is referred to in this episode. And if you like this episode and found it timely and valuable, please take a moment to tell a friend or a colleague about FemPower Health. And right after this episode is over, please think of one person who might find this episode helpful and tell them about it. And if your friend is new to podcasting, please show them how to subscribe to our show. And another way to support FemPower Health Podcast is to leave a review where you listen to podcasts. And as a reminder, the information shared by FemPower Health is not medical advice, but for information purposes to enable you to have more effective conversations with your doctor. Always talk to your doctor before making health-related decisions. Additionally, the views expressed by the FemPower Health podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. See you next week.
And that wraps up another empowering session here at the FemPower Health Podcast. Now, before you dash off, I've got a quick, exciting invitation for you. Please join our vibrant community by subscribing to our weekly newsletter because it's really your frontline update on groundbreaking women's health research, the latest health-enhancing products, fun quizzes to boost your health IQ, and unique discoveries that you won't want to miss. All of this delivered straight to your inbox, cutting through the noise of social media algorithms. Love today's insights? Show your support by rating and reviewing our podcast. Your feedback is more than just a pat on our backs here at FemPower Health. It lights the way for others seeking guidance and community in their health journey, amplifying the voices that need to be heard. And for a deeper dive into today's topics, check out the show notes and explore our website at fempower-health.com. Our site is a treasure trove of knowledge, neatly categorized by topics of interest and life stages ensuring you find exactly what you need to empower your health journey. And your voice matters to us deeply. Whether you have a question, a story to share, or feedback on our episodes, reach out directly at info at fempower-health.com, drop us a message on social media, or hit reply on any newsletter. Your insights inspire our conversations. And a quick note, the knowledge we share is here to embolden you in discussions with your healthcare provider. It's not medical advice. Always consult with your doctor for health decisions. And remember, the diverse perspectives of our guests reflect their individual journeys, and it's not an endorsement by FemPower Health. Here's to empowering your health journey one episode at a time, and I'll see you on the next FemPower Health podcast episode.